Well, six day of fasting, hey, that's pretty good. Now listen, you know we're doing Daniel fast, right? And uh, Daniel never had any choice food. So if you ask a young person what really is choice food, like me, I walked up to a young person and said, listen, would you consider McDonald's as a choice food? They go, no way. I said, thanks. (laughs) I didn't have McDonald's, but... Depends, right, on what you think choice food is, really. But anyway, it's good. Six day, only got four to go. So um, things are looking up. Very good. And uh, vegetables are good for you. Oh, gee, thanks, guys. <laughs> Enthusiastic. Don't worry. It's, it, it starts from when you're about this big, you know, when your parents say, vegetables are good for you. Are they really? Because they taste really bad. Anyway, this morning, let me encourage you. I know that we're believing for things this morning and, uh, you know, we're believing for whatever it is that you're believing for. You know what it is and sometimes it seems like, you know, will, you, will God move? Uh, have I got the faith for this miracle? But this morning, I want to encourage you from the Word. We're going to look at two people, the only two people in the Bible that God says He has not seen such great faith such great faith and uh, when we look at these two individuals and just gleam a little bit from their lives you will notice some things in there that will just think to yourself you know what that is excellent to know because sometimes we put when we're believing for things we put all these extra like uh pressure on ourselves trying to muster up some faith to believe for something trying to do something that'll that'll enable god to move when you look at these two people this morning you'll think to yourself wow it's amazing. Two people, the centurion and the Canaanite woman. Those two people had great faith. Jesus said to them, you have great faith. Two people. And if you know the story, the centurion, he had a servant. Now the centurion, you know what he is? He's a Roman centurion. So he's, he's the guy that's come over from Rome to Israel to conquer their land. And so he must have been a nice guy because he had this servant whom he loved. And he heard that Jesus was coming, so he sent word to the, uh, the centurion, sent his other servant to Jesus and to say, listen, my servant's really crook, can you heal him? And so when you read the story, things happen, and uh, Jesus was going to come back to heal his servant. But the centurion said, listen, I have soldiers that I command, go here, I'm not worthy for you to come down, just say the word. And when he said... Just say the word. Jesus said, such great faith. How does a centurion get such great faith? See, he had a concept. He knew what authority was, the centurion. He knew. If he, as a general, said, you, go there. You do this. They did it straight away. And so straight away, the centurion, as as he's seen something in Jesus, he must have heard about Jesus going through the vineyards and the cities and all this, and he must have heard that demons were obedient to Jesus. With a word, people were healed. So he knew, he must have heard it, and said to himself, this man, this Jesus, supernatural, he says it, and they obey. That's why when he said, just say the word, Jesus. And Jesus was amazed, such great faith. And of course, the servant was healed. And the other one, we're, gonna, we're not going to look fully on. We're just going to compare the two and, and, and see what made him great, had 
great faith. But the other one, the Canaanite woman, if you know the story, she's a Canaanite. I mean, lo and behold, the Roman was pretty bad, right? Because he's just, you know, some of the, if you look at the history of the Romans and what they do to some of those Israelites and crucifying them on the streets, and it's just crazy, right? And Jesus heals this guy's servant. But the Canaanite woman, she's just as bad. The Canaanites, if you do your history in your Bible, they were hated by the Jews. And the Canaanites hated the Jews. And they would do kids' sacrifices to their gods. It's crazy. But this Canaanite woman comes to Jesus and she says, my daughter is demon-possessed. Demon-possessed. And again, this Canaanite woman must have seen something in Jesus that she realized this, this Jesus, he has the power. He has the authority. And will he have the mercy for me to go and see him, a Canaanite woman? And do you know what? When you read the story, I'll tell you what part was amazing to Jesus. Because he comes and Jesus is eating with his disciples. Remember, these people aren't even allowed to walk into a Jewish house. Because she's a Gentile, unclean. She's a Gentile, she's a Canaanite, she's got everything against her, right? So she comes in and she sits there and she says to Jesus, Have mercy on my child who's demon-possessed. You can deliver her. Jesus doesn't answer it, but she keeps on going. Have mercy on me, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. And then Jesus turns around and says, It's not right for the, what's it gathered? Something about the, the bread of the children, giving it to dogs. He's calling her a dog. That's what he's really, that's what he's saying. And she doesn't give up. And then she says this, But even the dogs that are under the table get the crumbs. That's the one that when Jesus went, Far out, this woman, such great faith. Go, your daughter is healed. So she goes and her daughter's completely healed. Doesn't give up, even the crumbs. She he said, this woman, where does this woman get such faith? You and I, we believe the things and I think we put too much pressure on ourselves to look at ourselves as to why God will answer my prayer because of me or because of not me. Because I am, God doesn't answer me because I'm a sinner and I don't live my Christianity upright and I keep failing. He's not going to answer because of that. And the other extreme is, and you know what, God, here I am, I'm praying. Even fasting, let me tell you, even fasting doesn't make God answer things. Because some people think because I'm fasting, God's going to answer. When we fast, what happens when we fast is you just, the flesh is killed off and you're in the spiritual realm. You know what it's like. We had a word at the, on Tuesday night about that God is going to show us what it's like to move and be in the spirit because we don't realize what it's like to walk in the spirit. When you fast, this flesh is denied its food, it's denied its passions, it's denied its desires, it's denied everything. When you fast, I'm telling you, you, like when you fast, you'll notice, tempta where's temptation when you fast? Why? Is it because you, you one is because you're denying the flesh and you're in the spiritual realm. 
And you don't even have to fight. It's almost like, you know what? It's almost like non-existent. Why? It's because you're in the Spirit. And so when you're fasting and you're praying to God, it's not that God's going to answer because it's because all of a sudden you're in the Spirit. And all of a sudden you're realizing what the promises of God are. And God's taken them because His Word Spirit is putting them into your heart and you're going, thank you, Jesus. This morning when I got up, I just knew that God was going to move through worship. Knew it. Why? Because I'm fasting? No, because I'm denying the flesh and I'm in the spirit. God always wants to move. God always wants to move. Whether I'm fasting or praying, God always wants to move. And so this morning, what is it about these guys that had great faith? It's not their fasting, it's not their praying, it's not their works. And you'll see why. Number one, both were outside the covenant of God. Just let that sink in for a moment. And I'd say, more than likely, they never obeyed the law. Because why would a Roman obey the law? Why wouldn't a Canaanite obey the law? They're both outside the covenant of God. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were in the covenant of God. They knew the promises of God and they never received these miracles. When Jesus said it, he says, I'll come to my own home country and I'll not even be able to do a miracle because of their unbelief. And there, here we are, we've got a Roman and a Canaanite standing there and receiving the promises and the blessing and the healing of God. They're not in the covenant of God, both of them. And it's strange because both of these people must have got a revelation of how good God is. Their confidence in God had nothing to do with their own performance or lifestyle. How good's that? It ha- it, you tell me, it can't be that the Roman was so righteous that God delivered his servant. You can't tell me that the Canaanite woman was so righteous that Jesus thought I would heal a demon-possessed daughter. There's no chance. There's no way. The Canaanites were brought up not to obey the law of God, but it's just because our God's so kind, so merciful. Where he sees faith, he loves it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Where God sees faith, he goes, whoop, and then it's like a, one of those dance anyway. That's what he does. He does one of those beats where he sees faith. Do you know what? I'll tell you this story, right? I read about, I love Smith Wigglesworth and how he moved in powers and signs and wonders. And I read this story in his book. They had this healing meeting, right? And so he's up there preaching. This guy comes in the back door. He's got a tumour growing, cancerous tumour growing in his face, right? So Smith Wiggles is preaching, he's going on crazy. All of a sudden, there's a scream from out the back. This guy's tumour's just fallen off in his hand. Look at that! I've got a tumour in my hand. Anyway, the whole church is up in arms. Woohoo! God's moving. He's powerful. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. They get him up. They go, they go, oh man, how amazing is this? God has moved in your life. And you know, how long have you been a Christian? He goes, I'm not. They go, like, the place is stumped, right? He goes, I'm not. He says, but I'm, I, I want to be. Because, <laughs> you know, 
something's just happened in my life. It's absolutely miraculous. I want to be a Christian. Tell me where he is. I want to worship this Jesus. But just to say this, right? They asked him, how did, he goes, oh, I heard, how did you come into the, the house? He goes, oh, I heard there was a healing thing happening here and I've got this thing, so I thought, oh, you know what? You never know your luck in a big city. So he rocks up the front at, at the back and he said he's just standing there and he's hearing this guy and all of a sudden he feels this movement. in his Man, God is so merciful, eh? And uh, I'll bet you any money after that, he, was, uh, he loved the Lord all his life. So, they understood something that the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, couldn't comprehend. It's this. God was a good God. God is a good God. He's a good God, regardless of you and me, regardless of our efforts, regardless of our failures, regardless of what we do. He's a good God, and He loves us. And so, number two, both came asking Jesus to heal and set free people they deeply cared about. They deeply, the, the centurion loved his servant. Loved his servant, right? The Canaanite woman, she loved the daughter. So they weren't coming to Jesus for themselves. They were coming to Jesus for somebody else. It's pretty amazing. It's like they, you know, when... I think that's what God's all about. He's, you know, Jesus was all about it. Deny yourself. Deny who you are. Deny you this. Deny that. Think of somebody else. Love somebody else. Have compassion for somebody else. And that's when we're healing, when we're fasting and praying. Normally, it's about somebody else. And that's why I believe that Jesus was, um, would, would do that, would, would heal. Because these guys, both these guys had great, and this is what you need, another key for what you need to have great faith is compassion. Got to have compassion for somebody, right? I mean, the, the guy had compassion for his servant and the mum had compassion for her um, daughter. And when you read your Bible, how many times in your Bible do you read this? Jesus moved by compassion, healed. He, Jesus had this amazing ability to have compassion for people. You and I need to have compassion for people. And I think sometimes we don't, we don't get our, our, our prayers answered because I, even I do it myself too sometimes, right? I'm praying for somebody, it's just a prayer. Oh, I pray for this person, Lord, that they, they be healed. But really there's no empathy, there's no compassion, there's nothing inside me that's like reaching out, you know, to, to, for, to find out what, what's this person around. And it's like we need to have compassion, right, on people. And I think God loves it when we have compassion on people. How do you get compassion for people? Well, it's easy, right? You just listen to their story. You just listen to their story. I mean, a few weeks back when we had the compassionate, um, the testimony month, and Mary got up and started talking about her life and about the kids, I just felt compassion. Because I'm hearing Mary's story. I'm hearing it about her son and and we're praying for him now. And if you, if you, uh, you know, during your fast, pray for Joey, um, Mary's youngest, youngest, right? He's in a place now. He's trying to get his life in order. And we need to have compassion on this young guy. The enemy's had a hold on this guy's life for a long time. And even now as I say it, I feel like crying because I believe God has given me compassion for this young guy. 
And we should pray that way. We pray with compassion because when you pray with compassion, God, he moves because he is a compassionate God. And so listen to how Jesus moved with compassion. Let me give you uh, some quick verses. Matthew 20, 34. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes and immediately they regained their sight and followed him. These are the guys that were blind. He had compassion. Luke 7, 13 to 15. When the Lord saw her, saw her, so this is a, let me just tell you a background of this story, right? There's a woman who, widow, only son, was going down the road. Her only son had died. So Jesus is watching this funeral. Jesus, knowing her, knowing what she's going through, knowing that she's a widow, knowing that it's the only son, he, he, here's her story. Her, her story is resounding in his heart. Because he knows this woman, she's going to have to fend for herself now in those days. Because there's no son to look after her. There's no one that's going to go and work and make money. So here's Jesus. Think, and what happens? Listen to what he does. Oops, sorry. <clears throat> when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, Do not weep. And he came up, touched the coffin, and the bearers came to a halt. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. The dead man sat up, began to speak, and Jesus gave, back, gave him back to his mother. How good is our God? How compassionate is our God? How compassionate is our God? He's so compassionate. And you know, we ourselves need to move with this compassion. And the last point I want to say, number three, is that not only do we understand that we need to have compassion, but we need to understand how merciful and compassionate God is. Because we've got compassion for an individual, but God has even greater compassion because I believe that the Spirit of God, who is God himself, who lives inside of you and me, when you ask God and you listen to stories, what he starts to do, he starts to take that which is compassionate side of God, the merciful side of God, and he gives you this revelation he puts it within your heart he puts it within, and all of a sudden like i did a minute ago when i was talking about mary's son i started to weep why louis doesn't weep for anything the only time louis weeps is when st george is getting beat by somebody which is a lot of, very often but not this year not this year i speak by faith not this year come on anyway but what is it that moves me to cry for for mary's son the Spirit of God has placed compassion inside my life and I pray with compassion because God is compassionate. And if you're not sure if God is compassionate, let me tell you, I'm going to give it to you like quick verses, bang, 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 so you understand how compassionate, how kind, how faithful, how merciful God is. It's Isaiah 30 verses 18. Yet the Lord longs let me say that again longs longs to be gracious to you therefore he will rise up to show you compassion for the Lord is God of justice blessed are all who wait for him Matthew 19 13 
But go, this is, this is the Lord speaking to the Pharisees. Now go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifices, for I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. That's the love, gracious, compassionate God. Hebrews 4, 6. Let us then approach God's. Nick spoke about this this morning, this amazing relationship we have with God. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that way we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Proverbs 28, 13. This is for those who think that their sin is way too much and God will not forgive me for my sins. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, three things that brings great faith. One, confidence in God. It's got nothing to do with your own performance or lifestyle. You're a Gentile, just like me. We've come to believe by faith in Jesus Christ, regardless of where you are, what you've done, it doesn't matter. It's Jesus and Him alone. Number two, they had compassion for others. Find that compassion. Hear their story. Talk to people. Pray for people. Listen to their plight and say, oh my goodness, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you until you get a breakthrough in this. Number three, they knew God was merciful and compassionate. Let's stand up this morning. Hallelujah. We're just going to sing this morning and just allow the Spirit of God this morning. Give Him room. Give Him room in those areas of your life that you've struggled with and that God hasn't answered. But just allow these, these, these stories and these, the Word of God that just flow within your heart and, and be released from trying to be good enough or, you know, trying to work out why and, and why not. Just allow the Spirit of God to just minister this morning. Then we're going to pray. Hallelujah.